Welcome back to another episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Martinez. Date today, Thursday, September 20th, 2018. Episode number four. I can't believe it. I've been doing this almost for a whole month now. And uh, the show has dipped in quality each of the four weeks. Um, it's been a long week. Felt felt like a really long week since the last episode. A lot has happened um, a really, really fun week, two of the NFL. Really good games. You had the Chiefs and the Steelers. That was really fun. Patrick Mahomes running for six touchdowns. Uh, you had three game losing missed field goals in the NFL. Two, Another tie. That makes two ties already on the season. Uh, the NFL needs to fix their overtime rule. It's absolutely ridiculous. There's no reason there should be ties in the NFL. The only professional football league or the main, the number one professional football league uh, in the entire planet. Maybe the XFL will fix. They'll have some kind of cool overtime rules. Um, the first team, uh, maybe they'll have like an arm wrestling match for overtime or something like that. And the first person, you can't just win an arm wrestle. You have to physically break your opponent's arm, and that's how you win in overtime. That would be pretty interesting. I would watch that. I would def- That's definitely more interesting than a tie, if you ask me. Watching one man break another man's arm in front of 60,000 people, definitely more entertaining than a tie. But on that note, uh, there's still a lot of good games, really good games. Um, I had a lot of fun watching the games on Sunday. I hope you did too. Uh, got a game tonight, of course, every Thursday. I didn't do this podcast on Thursday so we can talk about Thursday night football. I hate Thursday night football, but by doing it on Thursday, I have to talk about Thursday night football. There's no way around it. So tonight you got the Jets and the Browns, which on paper sounds like an awful football game. I mean, just terrible, terrible football. But when you really look into it, these teams are not as terrible um, as they're perceived to be, you have a, it'd be a lot more, I feel like they missed out on an opportunity um, to put out a Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield duel. Um, man, I would love to see that. I would pay money to see that game, but it's not. It's still Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor going up against Sam Darnold and the Jets. These teams aren't as bad as they are on paper, but I don't expect it to be very exciting. Uh, last week's Picks. That's later in the show. Uh, we got. I actually have an outline, so we should be a little bit more organized today. Um, so just by saying that, this will be the most unorganized and lowest quality episode that we've ever had on here. Last week's picks. I know I was. I said I only picked two college games last week. I said I'm pretty good at picking college games. I picked two games, and I whiffed on both of them. Auburn choked it at home against Coach O and LSU. That was a game-winning field goal. And I picked USC over Texas, and they were trounced in Austin. That that game wasn't even uh, wasn't even worth watching for all four quarters. I'm sure a lot of people switched over to Triple G and Canelo fight because uh, that game got out of hand real fast. So I went over last week. Going to try and avoid that this week. Got some college football, NFL, some more stardom, sit em. And I said last week also probably going to do NBA. I didn't want to. I still felt probably should wait for the beginning of the season. Uh, I, I really didn't feel like talking about NBA. And then yesterday happened. You have all kinds of news uh, in the NBA going on. Um, some basketball-related, some not basketball-related. We're not going to get into the Dallas Mavericks situation uh, this week, even though I just quick 
quick uh, comments on that. I, Mark Cuban should be forced to sell this team. I, I, you can call me a hater. You can say that it, it wasn't his fault. He didn't know. Well, number one, as the owner, aren't you supposed to know? That's your job as the owner to know everything that's going on, not just in basketball, but on the business side too. And this has been going on. There were emails found um, as, early, as early as 2008. So this has been going on for at least 10 years and you're telling me he only has to pay $10 million, which for all of us is a lot of money, but Mark Cuban valued at $3 billion. That's about you know proportionate to a speeding ticket for the rest of us. So I, I personally feel that Mark Cuban should have to sell the team, um, if not be suspended for the season. I mean, I, the NBA really needs to act on this, but we're not going to get into that. We have a lot of um, NBA news that's a lot more fun um, than that situation um Rachel Nichols I don't know if you guys saw Rachel Nichols did a fantastic job uh grilling Mark Cuban on the jump yesterday I will let her be the final authority on that um so with that being said let's go ahead and get into the show this week in college football we have three pretty good games uh Alabama and Texas A&M Washington Arizona State Stanford and Oregon those are the three games that uh, jumped out to me two Pac-12 games ironically uh, Alabama, Texas A&M, preseason, I probably would have said this game wouldn't have a uh, whole too much water. This probably wouldn't be really an exciting game at all. But Texas A&M did take it to Clemson. Uh, Jimbo Fisher has been playing well, a lot better than Kev- Kevin Sumlin did. Uh, but that was in College Station. Uh, that, that was a home game for them. It was rainy. It was a really loud game. This game's going to be in Tuscaloosa. And the Alabama Crimson Tide have turned into the Golden State Warriors with Tua Togabayaloa. That sentence was a mouthful. They are just unstoppable. I I don't know. In this it's almost taken away from this college season. College season, because I don't. There's no one capable of stopping Alabama. All, throughout all these years, Alabama has been this dominant, and they haven't had a competent quarterback. Now they have. I I don't want to say elite. That's minus five points around the horn. They have a top. Three, a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback now. And they have the same Alabama defense. They have Nick Saban. It's, it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. It, should be, it shouldn't be allowed. Honestly, the NCAA should force Tua Togavailoa to transfer to Florida or, so, or some school who could use a quarterback like that because Alabama is the one school who can win a national championship without a good quarterback. And you gave them the best quarterback in the country. Not fair. I'll take Alabama and uh, Tuscaloosa. Second game, Washington and Arizona State. Another game, if you told me in the preseason I would be talking about as a marquee matchup of the week, I would say I probably don't deserve to have my own podcast. Probably don't deserve to have my own podcast anyway, but it's a pretty good game. Uh, Washington, uh, they're well noted as one of the top teams in the country. I personally think Stanford's going to win the Pac-12, go to the playoff, but that doesn't mean Washington's not a good team. They lost week one against Auburn um, in what was essentially a road game. They played... Um, Good God. Uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's, I think, an hour and a half away from Auburn's campus. And they really took it to Auburn. They probably should have won that game. They left some points on the board um, early in that game. They got they fumbled the ball, turned it over on the goal line. They could have scored at least a field goal. So they really took it to Auburn. They're one of the tougher teams in the country. But Arizona State, another team that's a big surprise, another first-year head coach or new head coach. I could have called it Herm Edwards. First year, he's got a lot of experience in the in the biz. Uh, he, man, they, Arizona State's playing real well. They lost last week against San Diego State. 
But that was coming off of a big emotional win against Michigan State. So, I mean, you, can, you can't really cut teams slack, so to speak, when, when they lose games. But if they were going to lose a game, you could see why it was on the road against San Diego State because it, those big upsets take out a lot of emotion. So, I mean, I think, I think they'll keep it close. I think our, Herm Edwards' defense will um, they'll keep Jake, Jake Browning in, in check. But I don't, I don't see them beating Washington. I think Washington wins a close one, a scary one against Arizona State. Later on, trips up against Oregon. That's, that's where I think Washington falls off is once they, they run into Oregon. Speaking of the, the Oregon Ducks, third game this week, Stanford and Oregon. That one's going to be played in Eugene. College game day is going to be there, so that will be really fun to watch Saturday morning. Um, Oregon has been, I mean, They've been on a roll offensively. I mean, what else do you expect? Through the first three weeks of the season, Oregon has scored 155 points. 155 points through three games. Justin Herbert, he's looking like a Heisman contender already. But I will say those 155 points have come against Bowling Green, Portland State, and San Jose State. So, I mean, they haven't really played the world beater since that Stanford has. Stanford's played um, USC, one of the more marquee programs i guess you could say stanford has played even though this isn't one of the best one of the better usc teams we've seen in the past they're certainly better i would hope that they're better than bowling green and portland state stanford plays real defense you know they they're known for low scoring games they never really get into blowouts um, on either side whether it's them uh, beating the brakes off the other team and they don't really fall behind teams uh too they don't really fall too far behind teams when they lose so it's in eugene i think it's the first week um, for students, they're just returning back onto campus, so that's going to be a sold-out game. It's going to be a really, really exciting game. Close. I'm going to take the card. I got to take the card. No, I picked them to go to the playoff. I can't abandon them now. They haven't. Bryce Love actually, they have shown me um, some signs of doubt. Bryce Love has been shut down through these first three weeks of the season. He has it. He's been non-existent. That's the only kind of a cautionary sign for Stanford. But I'm gonna go ahead and take I'm gonna go ahead and take the Cardinal. KJ Costello makes a game winning drive late in the game. Also, they have David Shaw. So you they have you have to give them the advantage as far as uh, head coaching because David Shaw is one of the best coaches if, in the Pac-12, if not in the entire country. So those are my three picks this week. I'll take Alabama, take Washington, and Stanford. All three favorites. So that's guaranteed to not go three for three. The one game where you could I could see an upset is possibly Oregon because it's in Eugene and because they've scored so many points left and right. But the competition level that they've been going up against is not even close to what they're going to see this week. So with that, let's go ahead and move on to NFL. Tonight's game, as I said before, um, maybe the least appealing of the three games that I've picked. Um, definitely the least appealing of the three games I've picked. Not really... A, these two teams obviously aren't ready to win now, but these are teams that you could possibly see in the future as, you know, uh, man, it's so hard for me to say Super Bowl contenders when you're talking about the Jets and the Browns. The Jets, actually, I do have a little bit more faith in because their division is terrible. Um, as, as long as Tom Brady's there, they're going to win the AFC East. But once Tom Brady rides off into the sunset, whenever that may be, whether it's this season, next season, or next week, for all we know, uh, the Jets are not going to be the the Jets will win once Tom Brady leaves that division. So as of right now, no, they're not probably not going to make the playoffs. Uh, the Browns, 
good god, they're one. They're they're just a mess. But I mean, they're better. They are a better team. They didn't lose to Pittsburgh. That's that's a positive. If you don't lose to Pittsburgh, they nearly beat New Orleans in New Orleans. Um, they lost off of a game with another. If if they had a halfway decent kicker, they could be two and zero. And it's they really. I mean, they missed. They had a field goal blocked against Pittsburgh. They missed an extra point against uh, New Orleans, against the Saints, and then they missed another field goal against the Saints that would have put them on top, or it would have sent that game into overtime. They could have been 0-0-2, which would be a lot more exciting if they were 2-0. Um, but we're getting Sam Darnold tonight. Uh, no Baker Mayfield. They're still sticking with Terod Taylor. I would have hoped... Okay, well, they can't switch to Baker Mayfield temporarily. Once they make that move to Baker Mayfield, that's it. He's the guy. So I understand why they wouldn't want to give him the ball just for tonight, just for a rookie-rookie duel, which, I mean, the fans would have, I would have loved to have seen that game because those are the two quarterbacks that are really being compared as the top two guys, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield having not even played one down yet um, in the regular season. But once you can't, once you give him the reins, that's it. There's no taking him back. So I see why they're not ready to give him the reins. You have to be a fully 100% ready to give him the reins. A lot of people are picking the Browns for this game. I can see why Sam Darnold um, didn't have a bad game, just not as good as um, week one when they played the god-awful Lions. Um, he had a flip stat line. So the two touchdowns and one pick, he had one touchdown and two picks. One of them was on um, the receivers, uh, receivers doing. He ran the wrong route, so... Uh, I guess, but it's going to come up as an interception in the stat sheet anyway. So a lot of people are taking the Browns. I'm going to take the Jets. I know they're on the road. I know they're starting a rookie quarterback. And the Browns' defense is actually pretty good. They're not, I mean, they forced a lot of turnovers these first two weeks. But the Jets' defense is also really good. And the Browns have had trouble scoring the ball these first two weeks. They've been in low-scoring games. They haven't really, I don't think they've fixed their kicking situation. They've missed out on the Dan Bailey sweepstakes. So I'm going to take the Jets in a really low-scoring, boring game that's a window into the future. Maybe these teams will um, blossom in the next two or three years and be um, the two teams that carry the AFC. Not So the two teams on Sunday, that, or the two games on Sunday that are actually interesting for um, obvious reasons, you have the Saints and the Falcons, and then you have the Chargers and the Rams in the battle for L.A. I'm determined not to say San Diego. I am det- I'm going to have a San Diego jar and every time I say the San Diego charges throughout the season, I'm going to put a dollar in there. Uh, right now, I have a Gatorade bottle next to me. So until I get a jar, we're using a Gatorade San Diego bottle. Um, the Saints and the Falcons. The Saints are starting off real slow. That game's going to be in Atlanta, by the way. Uh, the Saints have started off real slow um, these first two weeks in the season. They lost to Fitz Magic in the Bucks week one. And then they escaped a game against Cleveland last week. They're not going to be able to get off to a slow start against Atlanta because Atlanta will just jump out on you, and they'll, they'll hang 20 points in the first half. And in the NFL, you really don't see too many comebacks. So I'm, I'm going to take Atlanta because they're – they're really, I mean, New Orleans has really been struggling. I don't know what's wrong with those guys. They've just, they haven't looked like the same team – they were last season, and they've brought back mostly the entire team. They were a really young team last year, and they look better last year than they do this year. Maybe some sophomore slumps, some growing pains for those guys. But I'm going to take Atlanta. Uh, hopefully Julio Jones can get in the end zone a little bit more. He's 
first week he scored, which was unbelievable. And then last week he looked like more like traditional Julio Jones where he has all kinds of catches. Oh, no, I lied. He didn't score week one. Again, he's looked like Julio Jones. He just does not, for some reason, throughout the years, the Falcons have just not been able to get the ball to Julio Jones in the red zone. They give him the ball everywhere else except in the red zone. I don't think that should be too much of a problem. The one um, asterisk on the Falcons is they're going to be missing Devontae Freeman. Tevin Coleman will be the starter. I don't think that will make much of a difference. I'll take the Falcons. The second game, or the last game, I guess, second game on Sunday, but the last game overall uh, on the podcast, you have Chargers and the Rams. That game's going to be played in Los Angeles, ha, 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 in the Coliseum. So the Rams have looked, okay, we all know they had, they didn't play any of the, zero. They played none of their starters during preseason, which I liked. I really liked that decision because the preseason is nothing. I mean, it's just so useless. I, the preseason should be restricted just for rookies and people that you've never heard of trying to make the team because there's no there's no reason, there's no payoff for getting those guys in uh, during preseason risking injury. That's why you have joint practices. I think joint, joint practices is all you need. So with that in mind, the Rams played none of their starters, zero. And they've looked a little bit rusty these first two weeks. And with that rust, they've been the best team in the league, at least the best team in the NFC. In the AFC, you have the Chiefs looking real good. You know, the Chargers have also looked pretty, uh, pretty good. But in the NFC, I think they've been the best team, uh, hands down. The best story so far has been Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, but the best team overall has been the Rams. They've, them and the Vikings, but the Vikings are, once you come off a tie, you're no longer in that conversation for me. They've, they've been rusty, and they've still been the best team in the NFC. So I don't see the Chargers, um, I don't see the Chargers going into the Coliseum and, and beating the Rams. I think this is the week where they finally kick it in. They kick it into gear. And uh, Todd Gurley, I'm just going to go. We're going to have an over-under game. I say he scores another three touchdowns this week. He's going to have another MVP caliber season uh, this year. I, I think Todd Gurley gets in the end zone three different times. Two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. I'll take the Rams in that one. So those are my NFL picks for this week. We'll see. Um, how many of those I miss? Uh, so, that being mine, let's go ahead and move over to fantasy stardom. Sit em. Last week, I think I did okay last week. I said had uh, John Brown scoring a touchdown, and he did. So that was that was good for me, I guess. I need that notoriety. This week's a little bit harder. Um, there haven't been too many. Well, there haven't been too many uh, waiver wire studs. The one guy that has been a uh, waiver wire stud has been Ryan Fitzpatrick. Little nugget here for you guys. The state of Florida is undefeated this season. Every team that plays in Florida is undefeated. The Jaguars are 2-0. The Bucks are 2-0. And get this, the Miami Dolphins are 2-0. Unbelievable. I'd, I'd be willing to bet you my house that none of them finish undefeated. But who would have thought that? Who, would, who in their right mind would have thought the state of Florida would have been undefeated. Maybe the Jaguars. Maybe some people would have thought the Jaguars would be undefeated. But the rest of those two, those other two teams, are you kidding me? It's unbelievable. Ryan Fitzpatrick looks like Dan Marino. It's unbelievable. He's been the only uh, waiver wire addition that's been any kind of good. So no waiver wire addition of the week this week. But we do have stardom, sit em. So here we go with that. Number one, sit. Oh, ironically, the first person on here is sit. Austin Safarian Jenkins, he plays for the, the Jaguars. And uh, 
this looks a little bit less reliable after that whole um, Jacksonville spiel I just did. I have written down here because of Blake Bortles. That's literally the only reason I have Austin Safarian Jenkins as a sit this week because, I mean, man, they, they just tore New England to shreds. Blake Bortles looked unbelievable. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is Dan Marino, then Blake Bortles is, who do we want to call him? He's Terry Bradshaw. He was Terry Bradshaw last week. He was unbelievable. Uh, I don't think he'll be that good. I think we're going to see Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, instead of Terry Bradshaw, Blake Bortles this week. Um, so I'm a little bit hesitant. I'm a lot bit hesitant on Austin Safarian Jenkins. He also has a hard time uh, getting to the end zone. Some tight ends are um, really effective in the red zone, getting scoring touchdowns. Austin Safarian Jenkins, I'm just going to call him ASJ because it's really hard to say. ASJ is really um, touchdown um, deficient. He really doesn't get into the end zone too many too much. If you have Keenan Cole, um, oh man, he had a big game last week. I would say if you have if you're in a deeper league, let's say a 12 man league, or you have a bunch of receivers, or you're excuse me, the opposite, you're you're scraping for receivers. I would say put put Keenan Cole in there, but really hesitantly, he's a high risk, high reward kind of guy. Not because of Keenan Cole, but again because of Blake Bortles. Don't trust him. Second one of the week, sit Adrian Peterson. Now, originally, because he's playing the Packers, I actually had him as a start because he's playing the Packers, and the perception of the Packers is that they don't play defense, which, I mean, mostly they don't, but they don't play um, pass defense. Against the run, here's another nugget for you guys. I really came packed with the stats this week. That's how we're going to make the money. These first two weeks, the Packers have held Dalvin Cook and Jordan Howard to less than 100 yards rushing. Now, I originally had Adrian Peterson as a start because the perception of the Packers is they don't play any defense. But when I looked into the numbers, they're actually really good against the run. So if you have Adrian Peterson, I would look for other options because uh, he didn't do as well last week. He did good week one. He did not really good uh, last week. So he's already showing signs of inconsistency in his elderly state. And then he's going up against a good run defense. I would st- stay away from Adrian Peterson this week. Another sit. We have a really negative start sit this week. I'm in a really bad mood today. So we're to, it's all. this is a very negative show. Sit Giovanni Bernard. He's playing the Carolina Panthers. Now, the Carolina Panthers have an active streak dating back to last season of not allowing a 100-yard rusher. So they've been playing really good defense. They haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher. They've allowed a 100-yard of rushing yards overall, but not to one single guy. Um, I don't see Giovanni Bernard breaking that streak, even though Joe Mixon is out. I would be really hesitant on Giovanni Bernard. I'd be really hesitant on any Bengals you have because the Carolina defense, is really, they got to be top 10 this year. Uh, they lost to Atlanta last week, but Atlanta's a really good team. They have Matt Ryan. They have uh, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu. So you can't really blame them for losing that one. They'll bounce back this week. Stay away from Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard. And we do have a start this week. There is, we're going to end on a, on a positive note. Start literally anyone on the Patriots. I don't care if it's the Patriots defense. I don't care if it's the Patriots backup tight end. You start him. If it says N-E um, under his team, you play that guy because they're playing the god-awful dumpster fire known as the Detroit Lions. Matt Patricia's. Oh, man, I, I almost feel bad for him. Almost. I almost feel bad for Matt Patricia. Not really. Um, they've just been terrible. They've been carved up left and right. They almost won last week. I gotta be honest. They almost won last week, but they didn't because they're terrible. Um, New England did lose last week. It was a pretty, not an ugly loss, but, um, they did get, um, 
pounded by Jacksonville um, by Terry Bradshaw and Blake Bortles. So they're they're going to be out for blood this week. They're definitely going to bounce back. I, I'm picking New England big in this game. So if you have anyone in New England, Tom Brady, Sony Michelle, uh, Josh Gordon even, I don't expect them. I don't expect his numbers to be very big because it's his first week. He didn't even have a full week to learn the playbook. He might not get a lot of uh, volume, but uh, he'll definitely get some looks. I don't know about any touchdown passes. Maybe he might just because the the Patriots like making a point, so they might try to get it to him in the red zone. But anyway, if you had the bottom line, if you have anyone on the Patriots, you start them because they're playing the Lions. You start them. So start anyone on the Patriots. So we're gonna end on a positive note. That's a positive note in being negative. I'm positive on the the Patriots because I'm so down on the Lions. Um, that's how it works. The uh, irony, irony sells. So that's all the NFL for this week. No waiver wire editions of the week. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I guess. If he's not already taken, then uh, yeah, go ahead and get him. I don't care. Uh, so I said last week, probably going to do NBA. I didn't mean it. I didn't really want to do NBA. I didn't feel like doing NBA. I just, I just didn't want to. I don't like uh, preseason. I'm not a fan of jumping the gun. I was going to wait until maybe a week before the Thursday before the season started, do some um, power rankings. No, not power rankings. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I was going to do. I was going to talk about basketball. Then yesterday happened. All kinds of news, news just blew up. My phone was just blowing up. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Just updates and notifications left and right. Some good, some bad, some really, really bad. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get into some NBA officially. It's the first time on the Crowd Noise podcast we're going to talk some basketball. Um, first order of business, Kevin Durant, the Durantula. The rumors are out. He wants to be a Laker. You can book that, meaning he is absolutely not going to the Lakers. There's no chance whatsoever he plays next season in the purple and gold. Um, the reports came out. Brian Robinson, I hope I'm getting his name right. Brian Robinson stating or reported that like how LeBron was planning his trip to L.A. a year in advance. Kevin Durant is doing the same thing. He was filming uh, with LeBron and Kyle Kuzma, possibly working on Space Jam 2. Um, There's another NBA announcement. They're doing another Space Jam. Um, he's doing some filming with Kyle Kuzma and LeBron James. I don't know how much. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, he's been work. He has been working out with LeBron James throughout the summer. I haven't seen that. LeBron's been working out with Kawhi Leonard, another possible uh, Laker free agent candidate, and Kevin Durant all summer long. I just, there's no way. There's just no way I can see him. Okay, why would he leave? You tell me. Let's say he wins again this year, which they probably are. They're probably going to win unless Boston can trade for Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But. Golden State's gonna win it again. That means he's he'll finally he'll have a th- was it a three peat? Would that be a three peat for them? Um, the Gold, Golden State Warriors have been in the finals now five. That would be five straight years, five six straight years. Why would you leave that situation? All you got to do is bring back Klay Thompson, who's not. Everyone says, oh well, maybe if the Lakers can throw the money at Klay Thompson, they can reel him away. Klay Thompson is not Jimmy Butler. He's not any not that Jimmy Butler is a uh, you know he's chasing money, a cash grab guy. He's not Carmelo Anthony. Clay Thompson is not concerned with the money. Clay Thompson is one of the few guys in the league that's about winning. So I don't see Clay Thompson leaving uh, the Warriors. So if you bring back Clay Thompson, maybe you bring back DeMarcus Cousins if you can 
pull some kind of rabbit out of a hat, and you bring back Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and DeMarcus Cousins. I don't know how I don't know how they're going to work out all that money, but if they find a way, why in the world would you leave that Golden State Warriors team? And the only, I mean, there's just there's no explanation why you would leave that team unless you're just tired of winning and you're just bored and you're just sick of Aisha Curry barging into the locker room, just shouting her cookie breast. That's got to be the only way you leave that team, the only way. And the only way, the only reason, excuse me, the only team that Klay Thompson would leave the Warriors for is to the Lakers. So why would Kevin Durant follow Klay Thompson to the Lakers? They would become the Los Angeles Warriors at that point. You'd have, that team would actually be pretty good. You have um, LeBron, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant. I would imagine they'd have to get rid of some of the younger guys. They'd definitely get rid of those veteran guys, uh, Rondo, JaVale. Uh, Lance to free up some to more uh, cap space for both of those guys but I just don't there's no way I don't see that I don't see him going to the Lakers as much uh, for those of you who for those of you who know me there's no one in the world who would rather see Kevin Durant on the Lakers more than me and it's not happening guys psychic Steve has spoken he's not going anywhere so with that being said here is what I think could happen with Kevin Durant He's not going to leave, but just for the sake of the argument, let's just play pretend because it is exciting. The NBA has the most exciting free agency, has the most exciting offseason of all sports. So let's just pretend Kevin Durant is leaving next year. He's gone. He's, he's not coming back no matter what. He's leaving the Golden State Warriors. I personally think the best landing spot for him is the New York Knicks. Now, Jimmy Butler, we're going to get to him soon. Hang on. Be patient. Jimmy Butler requested a trade, uh, three teams, the number one team being the Clippers, if you can believe that, number two and three being the Knicks and the Nets, uh, pretty much in the same spot. Uh, There's no uh, difference between them as far as uh, where Jimmy Butler's list ranks them. If Jimmy Butler does get traded to the Knicks, Kevin Durant needs to get on a plane to New York as quick as he possibly can because that adds more water to the Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler story that we've been hearing. And I thought that was baloney. Why would Kyrie Irving leave Boston? They're a really good team. I don't understand why you would leave, leave Boston um, for the Knicks, who it's not a sure thing. Kristaps Porzingis has had a history of uh, injuries. But if you have Jimmy Butler and Kevin Durant there, you can book it. Kyrie Irving's going to New York. So now think about that starting lineup. You'd have Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, um, insert power forward here. I don't care who you put out there. You can put Lamar Odom on that Knicks team, and they'd, I, they'd still be a good team. And then you have, um, excuse me, I lost my train. It's like Chris Tapps Porzingis. Okay, so you can, swip, you can swap those two. Maybe Chris Tapps Porzingis is your four, and you have Lamar Odom as your center. It doesn't, the point is, it doesn't matter who they get. That's, that's a team that instantly challenges the Warriors. One, because you take the best player off of the Warriors. And two, because they're in the East. And you also, with that, you would weaken the Celtics. That team, I actually want to see that because basketball is better with the traditional powers. The Lakers are better when the Celtics are better, when the Knicks are better. Um, the, when the Sixers are better, the Sixers have been, uh, they were good last year. Um, a lot of people haven't been taking a step back this year. I hope they don't. I really, I like the Sixers. I'm a big fan of Joel Embiid. But besides the point, I think the best possible landing spot for Kevin Durant is the New York Knicks. Now, I know the Knicks are terrible. I know that's what you're saying. Why would he go there? That's a bunch of ifs. If Kyrie Irving, if Jimmy Butler, if Chris Dabbs Porzingis stays healthy. But they are, they're the biggest market in the country. The Lakers are also a big market. And maybe they have more to do, I guess, if you're a star. There's more celebrities out there. But New York is the biggest media market in the country. 
which is what Kevin Durant was hungry for. When he left OKC, okay, yes, he left um, because he wanted to win a title, number one. But two, what, what's the bigger market? Market Oakland or Oklahoma City? So he, went, he chose Oakland because of the lifestyle. Kevin Durant's a big city guy. Um, so that, that's why I think the Lakers are also on that list, and the Lakers are better than the Knicks right now. But if Jimmy Butler gets traded, and as of right now, the time is 2.45 p.m. on what's it, September 20th, 2018. Jimmy Butler hasn't been traded. If you're listening to this and he has been traded, well, then you can just throw this whole monologue out. Um, you can just throw the whole thing out of the window. But Jimmy Butler hasn't been traded. If he does go to the Knicks, I think you can, I think you can book that. Kevin Durant will go to the Knicks, and I don't see why he wouldn't go to the Knicks at that point because he would also bring in Kyrie Irving. That team would, I would say that's probably the best roster in the entire NBA because you would take away Kevin Durant from the Warriors. Maybe Klay Thompson says, well, we're not going to win any more titles here. Possibly he moves to LA. That would cause a ripple effect throughout the entire NBA. That would be the one chance Klay Thompson has of leaving. Then you'd have Golden State left with nothing more than uh, Stephen Curry and Draymond Green. And DeMarcus Cousins would be a free agent at that point. So, uh, well, they'd pro- well, at that point, they'd have enough money to bring back DeMarcus Cousins. So you'd have DeMarcus Cousins and Steph Curry. Uh, I don't think that's enough to beat Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, and Chris Tapps, Porzingis. And you'd add in the fact you get David Fisdale. So if you're a Knicks fan, the future is looking pretty bright for you right now. I honestly think, and I still, think, don't, I still don't think that would happen. Uh, Jimmy Butler's number one um, trade preference is the Clippers, which is, is mind-boggling to me. But if he were sent to the Knicks, I think that would create a ripple effect throughout the NBA. You'd see a new super team out east. The east would have its perception definitely change as the weaker conference. It would, it would have to be the strongest conference because you'd have Boston. You'd have Toronto is really good. Um, if they were to re-sign Kawhi Leonard, um, and you'd have Philly, and then you'd have New York. So a lot of good. And then the Wizards. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I chuckled, the Wizards. So with that, moving on specifically to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler requesting yesterday, he said, I'm done. I'm done with Carl Anthony Towns. I'm sick of him. I'm personally not a Carl Anthony Towns fan myself. I don't hate him nearly as much as Jimmy Butler does, but I can see where Jimmy Butler gets fed up with Carl Anthony Towns. This is just a side note for you. I personally think Carl Anthony Towns is a souped-up Kevin Love. Yeah, I said it. I'm pulling out all the hot takes this week. I'm trying to really improve this podcast. But if you think if you think about it, what's Kevin Love? He's a big guy. He's a finesse big guy who can rebound and shoot, but not really good at protecting the rim. Tell me that's not Carl Anthony Towns. He's definitely more athletic. Kevin Love can barely dunk. That's I'm not talking trash. That's Kevin Love can literally barely dunk the basketball. Carl Anthony Towns is a more athletic Kevin Love. He can drive to the rim. He can shoot. And he can shoot respectably. Uh, he can finish at the rim driving, but he's not a low post scorer. He's definitely not a low post defender. Uh, he made Clint Capella look like a Hakeem Olajuwon during the playoffs. He was, it was sad to see. So I can get, I see where Jimmy Butler is coming from. Carl Anthony Towns, I'm personally not a fan of his. But Jimmy Butler officially requests a trade. He says he wants out of Minnesota. He's done. Three teams he's requested a trade to. The Clippers, the Nets, and the Knicks. Now, I know a lot of people, they see that, oh, well, that's it. He's going to the Nets, the Knicks, or the Clippers, that's it. Or he's going to the Clippers, book it, because that's his number one team. That doesn't mean no other teams are allowed to trade for him. Anyone could trade for Jimmy Butler. That just means that he's not going to resign with you. But all 30 teams, or 29, all 29 teams are eligible to trade for Jimmy Butler. So the two teams I have here 
that are I would say the top the top outside contenders, the top teams to trade for him outside of his list are the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks. Now the Boston Celtics, Danny Ainge has been known not to really he's a fantastic GM. I mean, he's probably the best in basketball. He builds his teams he built his team from the bottom all the way up and now they're probably the biggest challenger to the Golden State Warriors. So for him to trade for a rental doesn't it's not the most Danny Ainge move, but it in fact is a Danny Ainge move because it it'd be a chess move. Not only would he be bringing in Jimmy Butler, one of the best two-way players in the in the game, on an already great defensive team, that would just make Boston a hundred. If Jimmy Butler gets traded to the Celtics, I'd have to say they're the finals. Well, no, I'd probably still pick the Warriors, but they'd definitely make it a lot closer. But not only do you bring Jimmy Butler on that already stacked roster, you add him with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler have been making noise all summer that they want to go to either Brooklyn or New York to play for the Knicks, as I said before. You'd bring Jimmy Butler to Kyrie Irving. He's already here. So you'd make that an even more glamorous, not necessarily not necessarily glamorous, but you'd make that a more appealing landing spot for Kyrie Irving and then Jimmy Butler next season. So I think it's more than a rental. I think Danny Ainge really needs to get on the phone, offer up, offer up one of his uh, stockpiled first-round draft picks, Possibly a, a scary Terry Rozier, um, maybe a Gordon Hayward, because you would you would have way too many wings at that point. You don't want to get rid of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. If it costs Jalen Brown, um, that's a tough one. But I think I think Danny Ainge should pull the trigger because right now, well, I don't know. Jalen Brown's really good. He's pretty close to Jimmy Butler. But you'd be making an, an investment for the future because you would be bringing Jimmy Butler to Kyrie Irving. Possibly you can re-sign both of those guys. They have to get rid of one of those wings because at that point they'd have Jalen Brown. They'd have Jimmy Butler, they'd have Jason Tatum, they'd have, um, did I say Gordon Hayward already? They'd have way too many, they have way too many weeks, so they'd have to get rid of the one, they'd have to get rid of, rid of one of those guys. I'm talking really fast this week. I think the quality's better, but I'm stumbling on my words a little bit too much. They'd have way too many wings, so they'd have to get rid of, rid of one of those guys and rid of one of the young guys. Um, Jason Tatum, I think he's untouchable at this point. You can't get rid of him, but Jalen Brown, possibly. Could I interest you in a Gordon Hayward? Definitely. Uh, I think Boston needs to definitely jump into that conversation. The Knicks, as I said before, they're also trying to set up the Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Unicorn, Kevin Durant super team. So if they were to trade for Jimmy Butler now and then re-sign the both of them, or re-sign Jimmy Butler and then attract Kyrie, that would make it easier to attract Kyrie Irving. A similar form formula to Boston. The only difference is Boston is ready right now, even without Jimmy Butler. So um, the Knicks wouldn't be as um, serious Finals contender. They wouldn't be. They wouldn't be Finals contenders even with Jimmy Butler and Chris Porzingis. But they would be setting themselves up very nicely for next summer. Now, of the three teams that Jimmy Butler has listed, they're all really bad. They're all terrible. Um, Excuse me. Oh, well, the Knicks are already a part of those three teams. So the the biggest outside team I have here, I said the Knicks were one of the three outside teams, but uh, the Knicks are already on his list. The Clippers, the Knicks, and the Clippers, the Nets, and the Knicks. The biggest outside contender is the Boston Celtics. Oh, and the second one I have here is the Houston Rockets. Now imagine if the Houston Rockets went for a rental. They still they bring back Chris Paul. They bring back James Harden. Um, they replaced Trevor Ariza with the Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is much better than Trevor Ariza. Also a two-way player. That would definitely challenge. They pushed Golden State to seven last year. You add Jimmy Butler to that team, 
they would give Golden State a lot of problems. I think Houston could definitely insert themselves into the Jimmy Butler sweepstakes. So the biggest two outside teams I have here, I misspoke earlier, the two biggest outside teams from Jimmy Butler's list is the Houston Rockets and the Boston Celtics. Those are my two teams that I think could make a move even though they're not on Jimmy Butler's list. Remember, it's not free agency. Anyone can go get Jimmy Butler. It's just a matter, it's just a matter if, if you want a rental. He probably won't resign with you unless you're the Celtics. Maybe, maybe he will resign with you. There is that whole um, gamble you're, that Paul George has set up now. Paul George was traded to the Thunder. Everyone thought he was going to the Lakers. He ended up enjoying himself, and he re-signed with um, the Thunder. So there is that chance that maybe you can change his mind and re-sign him. So I think it's definitely worth the risk, especially if you're ready to win right now like the Celtics or the Rockets. So that goes to the three teams that are on his list. We already talked about the Knicks um, on accident, so I guess I guess I did myself a favor there. We don't have to talk about the Knicks. But the Nets... Um, I don't think they're as um, attractive as the Knicks. If he were to go to the Knicks, I don't think Kyrie Irving would be as interested going there. Um, they already have D'Angelo Russell. They have Spencer Dinwiddie, so they'd have to make some. They'd have to clear some space. The Knicks are like they're a brand new foundation. They they're ready to go right now. Um, they blew up their whole roster, so I think they're more um, they're more flexible than the Nets right now. So I think the Nets are actually the least likely to land. Um, Jimmy Butler, unless they just make an offer that Minnesota can't refuse, I, but I don't see Jimmy Butler uh, resigning there. So that leaves you with the Clippers. Now the Clippers are the most confusing to me. I un- well, I don't know, because you have okay, you have a similar situation as you did with Kawhi Leonard if you're the Lakers, because as soon as Jimmy Butler requested a trade, everyone is instantly uh, drew uh, you know connected the dots and said the Lakers are going to trade for him. They're going to have LeBron. Jimmy Butler, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, whatever the case may be. He said, I don't want to play with LeBron. I want to play with the Clippers. Like Kawhi Leonard said, I want to go to L.A., but I'd rather go to the Clippers because I don't want to be with LeBron. My, here's the thing that just it drives me insane when I hear that. It, it boggles my mind. It makes me upset, and it just really hurts my feelings. Because it doesn't hurt my feelings, but it gets me really angry. <laughs> Their response is, I don't want to be second banana to LeBron on the Lakers but let me go play for the Clippers. Now, everyone knows, if you're from L.A., you don't even have to be from L.A. Everyone knows there's two teams in every sport in L.A. There's one, the number one team, and then there's the sidekick team. In, L- in L.A., there's all of them. There's two teams. The Rams are number one, and then it's the Chargers. Then you have the Lakers are number one, and then it's the Clippers. Everyone knows, everyone knows it's the Lakers number one, it's the Clippers the Dodgers are number one, and the Angels are number one. In college, you have USC is number one in football. UCLA is number two in, bas- in football. In basketball, UCLA is number one, and USC is number two. So it's well established. The Clippers are number two. They've never, been to a, they've never won a conference finals. I don't think they've been to a conference finals in their franchise's history of existence. I don't understand why you would go there. I get, well, we're going to change the culture. We're going to rebuild this team. No, you're not, because you know who else plays in Staples Center? LeBron James. So you don't want to be second banana to LeBron on the Lakers. You're going to go to another team and still be second banana to LeBron. So I don't understand why you have Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler and maybe even Paul George. Paul George didn't say it, but that's basically what he said um, by re-signing with the Thunder. I don't want to be number two to LeBron. If you go to LA and you're not playing on the Lakers, you're number two already. Why not go to the Lakers? Okay, I'm number two, but you're going to be stacking chips left and right. I don't understand it. I don't see the Clippers. I think the best possible landing spot for Jimmy Butler 
and Kevin Durant, as I said before, is the New York Knicks. I think the Knicks' future is really bright. They signed David Fisdale. Um, looks like they're moving in the right direction. They don't have Phil Jackson anymore as the GM, um, but they do have, um, oh my God, what's his name? Is it John Dorsey? I want to say John. It's not John Dorsey. Jim Dolan. Oh, good God, he's terrible. If you get rid of him, the Knicks are really, they're really heading in the right direction. I think that's his name. I might have gotten his name right. Those of you who've seen the Game of Zones, um, I think it's James Dolan. Gosh, he's terrible. He's the worst. As long as you get rid of him, the Knicks are fine. They're headed in the right direction. But I really think they could land Kevin Durant and Jimmy Butler. And at that point, you might as well bring in Kyrie Irving. And that team would be something serious. So that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Uh, well, first we got... I always forget. I don't know how. i got to find a segue for the quote of the week. Quote of the week for this previous week. It's been a long week. There hasn't been... There was actually a lot of quotes. Two weeks ago, I said there wasn't a lot. This week, there was too many to choose from. I did choose my favorite, and here we go. Quote, the chest hair is mine. That was Ryan Fitzpatrick, who um, during a post-game interview borrowed Deshaun Jackson's clothes. He looked like uh, Conor McGregor. He looked fresh. I'm not making fun of him. He looked really good. Um, You know what else is Ryan Fitzpatrick's? The starting job in Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston is done. If I was in charge, which I'm not, I'm just some guy. Um, who has a podcast. Um, but if I was in charge, Ryan Fitzpatrick would be the guy. You've given Jameis Winston enough chances. If I'm Dirk Cutter, there's no way I'm letting Jameis Winston back in the building. Dirk Cutter went went from being um, the coach most likely to get fired this year to the coach no one's talking about. And that may not seem like an upgrade, but it is. When you go from when you go from 10 minutes from being fired to no one's talking about you, you take that 10 times out of 10. So uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick... He's been unstoppable. Dan Marino. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Dan Marino. He's unbelievable. Um, yeah, there's no way. I don't see how you could. If he throws three interceptions Monday night, I think you still give him the job. Because I, Jameis Winston is not known as the hardest worker in the NFL. I don't see him coming back in full football shape. Um, so I don't, yeah, there's no way you give, you give that job back to Jameis Winston. I think it might be time to move on. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, obviously, obviously he's not the future. He's an older guy. But for right now, the Bucks are winning games. Is that not enough when you're a team as bad as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? You take the guy who's going to win you games. Even Deshaun Jackson has his back. So I definitely think they're going to keep him for a while. I think they should keep him there for the rest of the season. Unless he really implodes like he goes the other way. The Ryan Fitzpatrick that we're accustomed to seeing, which is four interceptions a game, the second coming to Jake Cutler. Uh, then you de- then you have to make that move. That's a pretty wide spectrum. If you're Ryan Fitzpatrick, you the spectrum for Ryan Fitzpatrick is Jay Cutler and Dan Marino. Unbelievable. That's gonna go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Thank you for joining me. This is a Crowd Noise podcast. You can listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Spotify. You can listen on Anchor. Um, what am I missing? I'm, my, oh, you can listen on Google Podcast if if you wanted to. I don't care as long as you listen. Go ahead and tell your friends. Uh, It's Crowdnoid Podcast. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you next Thursday.